with that. And quite honestly, I'm really glad to be back. How are you feeling, Devin? I'm feeling good. Excited to be back. It's been a while since March 24th, but we've been super busy doing other things and mm-hmm. and trying to keep calm politically for all the craziness that's been going on lately. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, Devin said it best. We've just both been working, paying bills, paying taxes. Working hard because millions on welfare depend on us. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other topic. But anyways, the topics that me and Devin are going to talk about today, we're going to keep it short with Biden. And then we're going to move on to other topics revolving around the new White House White House press secretary, Ukraine, Elon Musk, and baby formula. So, Devin, you want to kick off what happened with Biden in the past two weeks? Man, it's a hot mess, okay? Uh, I don't know if you heard him talking about the whole, the whole Trevor Noah thing. I don't know if you watched that whole – it was like a, a press dinner or something like that and – How'd that go? Oh, it was so bad. Because we've talked about before on the podcast that Trevor Noah is the least funny person in the United States. Yes. And he made a joke about how the price of gas and and baby formula and food has gone up. And Biden just laughed this, like, stupid, old, creepy man laugh kind of thing. Didn't take it to heart. What was his response? He just laughed. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything? Uh, Can you imagine, though? Like, let's say this did happen under any other administration and the president – didn't have a response. What everyone would, I mean, people obviously are ticked off about the current president, but the media, I mean, people that don't understand that the media is corrupt, I think their eyes should be open. Always by now, after what we've seen of COVID, the election, by now, you think that the media is not credible. We've said it hundreds of times, and people continue to believe. But the media is the best source of, of you know, information. Oh, Whatever propaganda. they say is correct. It's all propaganda. Um, you know, we talked about before gas was, you know, two dollars. You know, um, about a year ago. Sorry, two years ago. Probably two years ago. And uh, I just can't believe that people aren't seeing this and freaking out. Oh, I think a lot of people are actually waking up to the problem now. I mean, you just see it all around. I mean. Just talking, talking to people every day when it comes to work or just in general. And so something that's really bothered me with what the current sitting president has done is, first of all, today is D-Day, so I would like to give a huge, huge shout-out shout out to every World War II veteran and even to that generation. That generation was probably the most loyal, hard-working generation. And that day was it changed our history. Uh, D-Day did. And yet, this is the second year in a row that Joe Biden hasn't said a thing about memorial, his recognition to any service member that served on D-Day. And then on Memorial Day, he didn't mention the 13 fallen that happened in Kabul, Afghanistan. And it really makes me wonder why he didn't bring up those orders. Well, I know why. Because he didn't take acknowledgement for his mess up. Right. right. Well, he doesn't agree with that way, you know, because at the end of the day, there is no accountability in this administration. Right. You know, well, they're never they're never holding anything accountable for themselves. Obviously, the the thirteen that died, you know, like talking about four with Jerry Schmitz that's from local here in Winsville, you know, he just got his own statue out here in Winsville, you know, they're having a day for him, they made their own crapper from that's all great. You know, love it, great. But at the same time, 
That's not enough. That guy should never should have died. Exactly. Oh, I said exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the president's not going to acknowledge that. To him, this was an actual mistake. That this was just something that was going to happen. And that doesn't make sense to me. No one's holding accountable. No one, whether it be from the Senate, the House, the Supreme Court, no one is holding accountable for this. So, so something that me and Devin we have notes set aside for each episode at the topic point. Something I want to bring up real quick, Devin, is so you know who the Nelk boys are? The who? Nelk boys. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So they have a podcast, Wilson Podcast, and they interviewed Donald Trump, and that podcast got taken down within 24 hours on YouTube. They can still be found on Rumble, but Donald Trump said on the podcast himself, he talked about the whole Afghanistan situation, which... Both you and I are talking about it because it, yeah. not, it's terrible. <laughs> but the way that Donald Trump explained things is in a military strategic way, what you do is you get out the American citizens first, and then you take in not a whole, I mean, you take in some Afghan ref, refugees, yes, but you don't take in everyone that you possibly can. I mean, it's just, in the world of today's society, you just have a right around some things, and you gotta understand that some things just can't happen. And then you take out, he even said in the podcast, you take out all the equipment. You don't want to leave one screw or nail in Afghanistan. And I mean, obviously, with today, with today's situation, they have some better technology than what we even have here. And it's unfortunate. I just want to keep that short and bring really us what he said on the podcast. Well, I like Talking to Trump about it, it's great because it never would have happened. People right. can hear Trump talk about it and be like, damn, this is what we could have had. We wouldn't have left billions of dollars worth of equipment over there to people who literally hate us. Right. You know, and then to go back on the, the hating us part, the shutting down the pipeline. We're paying people billions of dollars a year to buy the oil that hate us. Well, he didn't just shut down the pipeline. He also said that we can't drill in our own land. And on federal land, then that was just a flood open gate to Russia for us buying oil from Russia, uh, Venezuela. And now look what's going on. There's a fucking war in Ukraine, and we're basically funding the war by buying oil from Russia. You know, I don't know if you've done much research into this, but this whole Ukraine being under war thing, I mean, kind of fits their narrative. Whose narrative? Well, the whole food shortage thing, you know, like they have to, you, it's hard to control people that are prospering, okay? Okay. The Democrats are not trying to see us prosper because, like I just said, people who prosper are not easy to control. Under Trump, like I keep saying, we're paying $2 for gas. You go out to the grocery store, there was hardly ever not anything. I can't remember a single time under Trump, but I had to dig to the back for a gallon of milk. And I never had to dig to the back for a loaf of bread. My dad went to the grocery store the other day and he couldn't find a loaf of bread that he wanted. None of that stuff. You know, the, the chicken section, there was like two packs of four packs of chicken breasts. Like two of a four pack. That's ridiculous. And it's just empty. I, I mean, but as I was getting back to my point, Ukraine produces a lot of food for the either international stage. Yeah. But they call it the breadbasket of Europe for a reason. Yeah. Whether well, it be for, for natural gas, food, all kinds of manufacturing stuff. They're like a huge hotspot for a lot of daily necessities that we have here in America. Absolutely. And so uh, I want to jump into things of the press secretary. And so everyone knew Jen Little Red Riding Hood Saki. She was mis. She was just a liar. 
first off. Anytime that Peter Dosey, I might be saying his name, his last name incorrectly, Peter Dosey would ask her a question. She would always say, let me circle back, let's never straight forward. Or let me get with the president about that. Right. She was just never, like I said earlier, they're never admitting to their problems. And who's this new press secretary? Kareem uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. Something like that. Southern Jean-Pierre. Um, it is Kareem Jean-Pierre. Is she the first uh, black American as a press secretary? Do we know? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, I believe Carlisha Rice was the person I could do off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Well, race aside, by all means. No, she's very cursed. I apologize. Okay. Well, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, we'll look it up. Um, race aside, by all means, the new press secretary, Kareem, she's just, I mean, she's like Ben Saki 2.0. Like, you thought worse could get worse. It's a picture of her. She's just this flat out doesn't answer questions. I mean, there was questions that all reporters have basically have asked at some point in time, and she'll just say, uh, I don't know, or I'm not answering that question. Like, it's actually mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. She is the first uh, black oh, White House press secretary. So that is pretty, first, yeah, black female. Black in general, not just the first. Sure. That's a good accomplishment, too. I mean. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah. qualifications, but, you know. but I just wish that she would do her job. Like, she just doesn't answer questions when being asked. Like, she like, there's videos of her being asked questions, and she looks at the reporter and goes, all right, next question. Looks over and answers. doesn't acknowledge. Then it no. appeared uh, Ducey. Is that how say last name? I believe so, yes. Okay. And then I don't know if you saw when he, she was leaving and she announced it. And he goes, well, it's sad to see you leave. And she goes, is it really, though? Like, are you really going to miss me being here? It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Because it's true. No one's going to miss her not being there. No. I wonder why she left. Um, do you think maybe that she was just getting so much like backlash about how bad of a do- job she was doing? Well, if you remember, under Trump, we had Sarah Huckabee leave. Kaylee McEnany. Yeah, came to uh, replace her. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Huckabee left because of, of being a mother in the press, of being, you know, doing that job and being a mom. Sure. But Kevin, you're not going to talk Kaylee. We talk about four very easy on the eyes. And it seems like I say this, and I shouldn't have to say this, but being the wildlife press secretary should take a moderate amount of common sense and troubleshooting and problem solving. But I don't see that under either one of the Saki or the new uh, Kareem Jean Pierre. Yeah. You know, I don't see that they have any uh, any forward motion in like progressing people's understanding of situations. They're just trying to push a narrative and explain, you know, the best way to not have things go after Biden. Right. And so, Devin, I want to bring back the topic of Ukraine and Russia. And the thing that really kind of bothers me about it all is we sent billions of dollars over to Ukraine, right? $40 billion to be exact. $40 billion. Okay. As an American citizen, why aren't we using that money to help our people first? That's what's bothering me. Like, we are funding the war, and it's going on both sides. We're buying oil from Russia. We are funding Russia. We're paying Russia money, and then we're giving... Ukraine, all these weapons. And it goes back to a little bit of the Afghan, Afghanistan thing. Let's say Russia takes over Ukraine. I don't know how the war is going on. Because like, we're not talking about it very much anymore. No, you don't hear about it. Let's just say, though, Russia conquers Ukraine. We're right back in the same situation of Afghanistan. And now we're about Russia. Exactly. Well, we've, we've been doing that by giving them money and funding them weapons. Putin said a couple months ago, he was like, hey, 
and stay out of it or else things might get serious. It's just this. What, what the people that are in charge of our country are running this place down a shithole. But, but again, that goes back to their narrative. They have to break down American society's morals and the prosper the prosperity that we had before. And this is this is them doing that. The food shortages, um, the high gas prices, you know, that I mean, that completely fits it. And to piss Russia off and lose, we talked about oil and, and so many other things that we get from Russia. And yeah. that's just that's just what they want. This is not a, this is not an accidental thing to me. This is something that is meticulously planned out. For and sure. as you know as well as I do, the involvement of the Bidens with Russia is well documented. Right. And something that I'm going to keep this short and simple. It's finally nice to see that Hunter Biden's laptop starting to get some, starting to, starting to take some news and people are taking note of it now. Well, Matt Gates from Florida tried to have it on the record about two or three months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, he called for it to be uh, on the record when they were, I guess, the type of word would be subpoenaed. Like but they were trying kids. to withhold it from the FBI director. We're trying to withhold it from public records. FBI is a joke nowadays. They're a total joke. Yeah. But yeah, back to the Ukraine situation. I mean, you said it earlier. You don't hear about it. And like, with us knowing that our news is a propaganda network, and it goes on both sides. Really? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it really goes on both sides. I'm not saying I advocate for Newsmax or Fox News because I have had people tell me, oh, you're just one sided. No. Both sides are, it's all propaganda. Um, they just don't bring, bring it up anymore. And it makes you wonder, the question is why? And is it because Russia really is taking advantage of Ukraine? I mean, that's the way I, that, that's what makes me think of the situation that it's in right now. Well, I mean, if, if you talk to some people, you know, whether it be, you know, people in the Department of Defense, and all the people in you know the government that talk about these kinds of things, and its whole job is to know these, you know, these ideas and the you know the things that they're going to do. They say that they want Ukraine because of all the economic. Putin doesn't give a shit about really gaining more land. He wants the economics that right. Ukraine brings. Like I talked about the food and the oil and the natural gases and all that stuff. That's what he wants. And he knows it's five inches a week, and that is his excuse to pull this off. We talked about an episode before. Right. This wouldn't happen under Trump. No. And it all, I think this all, I think Russia really decided to plan, like initiate this plan after they seen the pullout from Afghanistan. Well, then we talked about before, too, that the China asked them to wait till after the Olympics to do this. Right. Which, yeah. it made sense. It made I guess it mean, makes sense that this is the right thing, but it makes sense as in. When they were accused of it, it was timed out pretty pretty much right after. Right. So, uh, Devin, I'll have you start the next topic about Elon Musk. Oh, man, this is this is something that I am excited for. Free speech is going to win, hopefully. Um, you know, I like Elon Musk. I like, you know, he's a genius. He's done a lot of things that other people, you know, bringing, and, uh, bringing electric cars to, I would argue, the working class. They're not... They're expensive, but they're not super expensive like they were before. And really just giving people a general um, concept, ideology of how electronic cars work. He doesn't hide the technology. He's, there's multiple visitors of him walking through, explaining how these things work and demonstrations and all that. And then, you know, the SpaceX thing, you know, privatizing space travel mm-hmm. is a huge thing. I, I like Elon Musk. He's... About as middle of the road you get politically, and I can deal with that. 
Um, but him buying Twitter, I just think it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, him buying Twitter is a huge step towards free speech. Um, have you downloaded True Social? I have not yet, no. So I've been on True Social now. And for people That's on Trump owns, right? Correct. And so you you actually said it for me. But um, the guy, I forget the guy who owns Twitter right now. Jack Dorsey? No, the guy, it was a guy after Jack Dorsey, and he's the one that made it far left. Jack Dorsey is also pretty common, or middle man. It was a guy after he's, I think, Indian. Don't quote me on that. Anyways, he was very far radical left, and he was the one that was censoring conservatives and Republicans, and he was the one that banned Trump. Anyway, back to Elon. With him making, what was the deal, $44 billion or something insane? Oh, and the CEO is Parag Agarwal. He's the CEO. Uh, but Jack Dorsey does own more shares. Oh, so he's still individual parts. Yes. Okay, so he's still a stock. stock it is the founders are Jack Dorsey and Noah Glass. Uh, Biz still CEO. Evan, I was thinking. Yeah, he's that. a CEO. Yes. Um. Anywho, though, with Elon doing this, he recently asked for Twitter to send them basically. Just rights, just basic rights. He wanted to see mm-hmm. the pages, and he's willing to pull out of this forty-four billion dollar deal. And because I'm pretty sure he's bought a whole bunch of stocks too, Elon did. Yeah, he bought uh, what was it, fifty-five thousand shares or, or something like that. So now, what's to say that Twitter doesn't send him the rights, like the copyrights of the company, and he pulls out of the deal? Twitter's gonna crash because he, I mean, he owns so much stock. Like Twitter bought nine point two percent. Oh, only 9.2. Yeah, which is more than Jack Dorsey. That's why he bought 9.2. Oh, okay. He's so, the, the majority shareholder right now. Oh, then Twitter is going to completely fall off if he does this. If he pulls out of the deal, I mean, Twitter's done. And the people that – the CEOs and the high-ups in Twitter are freaking out. I mean, they're kind of in a trap. Elon played this a really, really good way. He offered him a, a deal that really can't pass up. And then he's saying, all right, well, if you don't send me what I want, I'm going to pull out and crash your company. So it's basically a win-win for either for for Elon, because obviously he wants free speech. I don't know if Elon's on true social, but the fact that he's saying send me the copyrights, I want to see the rights of this company. That's a huge thing. And then he's threatening, saying, "All right, you don't want to send me this by this date. I'm selling all my or he's dropping the deal." That's a. I mean, what can you do? Mm-mm-mm. I mean, so we talk about, you know, things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as things that, you know, people do to share their ideas. That's, you know, why American society has built it to trade and evolve ideologies. Mm-hmm. And it's the a fact whole concept. Is, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a flawed concept in the beginning, you know, because of things like this, people having a bias. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I've always said, even before we started the podcast, even before, you know, I was probably an adult, but it's unfair that liberals get to share whatever they want on social media and conservatives and Republicans and even independents don't get to do it because a lot of the independence ideologies, neither side of us agree with. Um, and that's just, that's unfair. That, that is in its basis against free speech. Right. Well, in their eyes, if it ain't their way, it's no one's way. Which we've talked about before is severely inappropriate. It's, not you know, it's like if you were talking to me and you said somebody didn't like it, I'm like, shut up, don't care, don't care, don't care. Right. You know, and I hold you down and protect you with your mouth. That's essentially what they're doing. 
They're not giving you the chance to express and share and evolve the American society as it is that built America to be the way it is now. Right. The 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 convulsed or the the, the I don't know the word, the, but the combining of ideas and to that, make the way America the way it is. And Devin, you may or may not agree with me on this, but the way I view the world is there's two things. You need to have you need to have balance and then you also need to have violence. And the two together equals a society. All right, now hear me out. The balance is you have working hard people. Well, I'm explaining this wrong, but it's basically like the old philosophy, yin and yang. Is balance and then violence. Like, for instance, if someone breaks into your house and is trying to hurt you and your family, you're going to get violent. But you have the balance wherever you keep a society going by going to work, paying your bills, you're doing it, living the dream. And maybe I explained that in the wrong way. Maybe. Do you understand what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, I do, absolutely. And the thing is, the far left, to me, looks like they only want violence. And it all started with the riots. I mean, they, we saw multiple, multiple people on the left preaching for violence. Go out there and protest. Go out there and protest. Then we see that with COVID. I, can't, I have to be careful with that word, the C word. Because we'll get, we'll get another warning on our podcast episodes. Yes. How many do we get warnings on? Two. Okay. Both of which add COVID in the names. So that might have been that's might have been why they were sure. flagged. But but um yeah, the C word. They were still saying they came after people that were unvaccinated. They were trying to say oh put them this like the concentration camp concept. Exactly. Which is insane. And now we're at, at I don't even know what they're complaining about now. It's something new every day. Well it's monkey pox and then it's just monkey pox. I forgot about that, yeah. But it's just, it, it's almost a never ending train. And I think it's, our society, the American society, is really, really fed up with it. Like, I have talked to so many people since the election. And I've even talked to the Biden supporters. And these supporters of Biden in 2020 have drastically changed to either being a middleman or even leaning a little bit towards the right. Like I've said before, and I'll probably say it at least 100 more times on my. The direct influence of the American people has to do with the prices of gas. 100%. It's summer. People want to go to, you know, jump in their car and drive to Florida right. with their wife and kids or their mom and their dad or their grandparents or just their dog, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. People don't want to pay $4.95 a gallon, which is what it is right now out here in St. Louis. In Illinois, it's five thirty-five. I was there yesterday. California, it's seven dollars. Yeah. That's that's absurd. Absolutely absurd. Which I'm sure diesel's eight something. I think it's eight fifteen. What I saw the other day, but like I've said before, everything comes back to gas. Mm-hmm. I just I was telling some of this earlier. And that's what comes back to the storages too. Like his truck yeah, exactly. pay so much, so it's just a loophole. It just keeps on going and going and going. And yeah. what can you like? People, are, people ask themselves, they're like, oh, what can we do about the price of gas? And it all comes down to the people that are in charge. One, you can go back to of the way that things were left to you whenever the, whenever the seat was handed to you, which was open up the pipeline, allow federal drilling. Because we're, we're energy independent. For the first time, we're energy independent at the end of Trump's uh, presidency. And he was saying that if we if they didn't shut all this down within a month or two, we would have been bigger than Russia and Saudi Arabia combined. That's insane. Yeah. So they let's just say, for instance, they didn't do all this nonsense. 
guess right now would probably still be underneath two dollars. It'd probably be, probably be less. Can yeah. you imagine how much the oil, these oil companies are making us making right now? I'd like to see their their tax records for next year. It's retarded. So the thing about it is, it's like I said earlier in the podcast, we're paying more for gas now, not because we're not energy independent. It's because they know that they can charge America whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Biden's not going to say, listen, screw you. We'll just start drilling more oil because they know that that's not on the table. Right. And, you know, the, the Saudi and, you know, all those, you know, uh, gas producing countries, oil producing countries knew that from the beginning, if they tried to jump the prices, that was only going to push Trump and America in general. You start drilling more oil, which is going to cut down their demand. Right. Now they know that because Biden came in within the first 24 hours and shut down the pipeline. They know that that's not an option. Mm-hmm. It would cost tens of millions of dollars to turn the pipeline back on is what I heard the other day. We're not going to do that. Well, we could send billions to you. Oh, God. This country's in a mess. So here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Is I heard someone talking the other day about it. They said this whole shutting down the pipeline thing is to push the American people to buy electric cars. So, A, do you think that that is something that, that the Biden administration is pushing? And, B, do you think that people understand that with electric cars, it's you still, it still takes oil to get those electric cars? So, because you still have to move them in diesel trucks and on, you know, oil, you know, in the trains and the, in the boats and all that. This doesn't do you any good. Also, I don't think people understand that I can't afford Tesla. You can't afford Tesla. Probably 15 to 70% of America cannot afford Tesla. So to answer your first question, A, yes, I think the current administration is definitely pushing towards, I mean, they've been open about it throughout their whole term in office. They've been open about going green, going green, going green. B, um, I just had a brain fart. What was the second question again? Do you think people understand that just buying electric cars isn't going to oh. you know, stop you having to buy gas as well? Um, I think, well, to be honest, I, I didn't know that at first now. But now that you say it, I'm going to look into it. But I think if, if people looked into it, I mean, you're right. After you explain, yeah. after what you said, it makes sense. So no, I don't think there are. I, I think there's people that understand it, but I don't think uh, our generation's stupid, Devin. I could name so many things off the top of my head that could never be electric. You'll never. I mean, well, the I shouldn't is, say never. Very likely, never be electric. What's to say though? Every American did own a Tesla. Our power grid kind of keep up with it. It's just it's just not possible right now. Well, see. Musk came out and was talking about it. It would take 44 or something like that square miles in the Nevada desert where there's already nothing to power the entire U.S. grid. 44 miles? It was, it was, it was like 44. That's not, that's not that much. But, but it's like we're talking 44 square miles. Oh. You know, which which is in the grand scheme of things to power the whole U.S. grid yeah. is not actually that much. If I mean, if you if you if you did this as you know as a profession, you understood. You know how much each panel puts out, you know, voltage-wise and and amps and watts and all that. It probably sounds like less, but to mm-hmm. us, forty horsepower miles sounds like a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you've ever been to Nevada, but there probably is easily forty horsepower miles of absolutely nothing. But Area Fifty One's out there somewhere, so I mean, yeah. who knows? But um, I think this was a good episode, Evan. I think it was too. And for a kickback episode, I think we kicked ass on it. And uh, me and Devin have an upcoming guest on our podcast, Wendy Hausman. She's just running for state representative. State representative for Nick Shorsi. Yep. 
and me and Devin have both met her, and we're excited for you guys to meet her as well. So she will be on here shortly. Super excited. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Nope, that's it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Goldberg Show. If you enjoy this show, please and go follow my Facebook page at The Goldberg Show Sports and Politics. My podcast is also now available on Apple Podcasts, so please go subscribe. It is also on Spotify, so please go follow. For any questions or comments over this episode, please email me at thegoldbergshow at yahoo.com. Again, thegoldbergshow at yahoo.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.